Okay, so today I'm going to talk about confusion. How many of you have ever been confused? Some of you are confused now. You don't know if you need to lift up your hand or not. <laughs> confusion hits us all one time or another, and it's not fun to be confused, right? Now, a lot of times it happens with emotions, that if we allow our emotions to lead us, um, confusion can happen. Because it's not just one emotion that happens. One emotion breeds another emotion, and it has another emotion, and then all of a sudden you're a mess, right? And you have all these things trying to get you to go into pulling you into different directions in your life. And uh, it's never good. And in fact, when you are confused, you're in a dangerous spot because you can go any number of different ways. And it can lead you down definitely a wrong path and definitely away from the Lord. And that's what the enemy is trying to do because the Bible says that the Lord is not the author of confusion. The enemy is. And so he wants you to be confused. And when you're in confusion, guess what you're going to be doing? You're going to try to search for answers a lot of times in the wrong places. This world can bring confusion on you, right? If all you do is listen to TV and listen to the media and uh, listen to news, that's all you do, you're going to get confused. You're going to be, hey, they're saying this one thing, but God says something else. So confusion, I believe, especially in the body of Christ, is really hitting hard. So how do we overcome confusion? Because you can have confusion. Sometimes confusion comes when things don't go your way. How many guys have ever had something not go your way before in life, right? And so sometimes you could, you could um, uh, somebody in your, in, close to you could pass away and you're asking God and you're confused why. You could have um, uh, things like you planned on doing something. Everybody thought, yeah, this is going to be good. That's the right decision, but it ends up being bad. And that really messes you up, right? Because everybody said it's going to be good, and everybody looked at it, it's going to be great, and you knew it was going to be great. And it didn't. It wasn't great. In fact, it was worse. It went the opposite of great, which is bad, you know, or worse than bad. But anyway, you could have some confusion come because of everybody saying different things around you. You know, everyone has an opinion right? I have an opinion. You have an opinion. And see what confusion does, it makes you attracted to something that is always changing. Emotions always change. Opinions always change. And so we want to base our life and our decisions on things that always change instead of the person who never changes. And that's God. And so how do we get to that place? Because it, it, it happens to all of us that we're, we're, we're confused. And, you know, some of the times we make decisions when we are confused. And that's the worst thing you can do. There's a story in Matthew chapter 26 and the story of Jesus. I believe Jesus has, has been tempted in all things. And I think in, at this time was the hardest time of his life on earth. And, and uh, Matthew chapter 26, you can turn there or, or go there in your, in your Bible. In verse 36, we're going to go through 46. I'm kind of paraphrasing. I don't have time to just to read it and do all. 
But we hear this is Jesus' darkest hour. He, he had just come in to um, Jerusalem. He was worshipped, you know, with palm branches and everything as the king as he's coming in here. But then Jesus went, it says, to his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And Gethsemane was not a very good time. And there he was going to be sitting with, took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, John and James, and he took them there and hung out with them. But you've got to understand what was happening at this time. One of his disciples, one of his hand-picked 12 disciples, his best friends, you know, one of them was now at the religious leaders who were always plotting to try to kill Jesus. Now he was going to turn him in. He was going to let him know them know some things and pretty much betray Jesus for money. You know, one of the things that can bring confusion to you is that some of the, your closest friends can be the people that betray you. How many have ever had that done before? And Jesus went through that here. He is being betrayed. And then as the day of Passover feast comes on Thursday, Jesus is found with his disciples here, and, uh, which is known as the Last Supper. And get this, Jesus knows he's going to die. He knows what's going to go on. He knows that G Judas has betrayed him. And he knows that the same guys that he is washing their feet, eating with, are going to run away and deny him and leave him alone. So I don't know about you. If you were in that same situation, wouldn't you be confused a little bit? I know I would. I'd be asking myself, okay, God, I'm your son, I know you love me, but what's up with all this? What are you doing? Don't, don't you know what's going to happen to me? I'm going to go through some hard times here. I'm going to go through some pain, and I'm going to experience something that no other man should ever experience. And you've got to see some of hu Jesus' human side is coming on in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, if you don't know about the Garden of Gethsemane, it's an oil it's an olive oil field, and they had oil presses in that, and it basically means oil press. It's pressing, and that's what Jesus was happening. He, all the sin of the weight of the world was put on Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So your sin, my sin, everybody's sin of this world, past, present, and future, is being placed on Jesus at this time. The stress was so hard on him, he sweat drops of blood. I don't know about you, I've sweated, but never drops of blood. And so this is what Jesus is going through. And he says in verse 38, he says this. He says to, to, to Peter, James, and John, he says, I am deeply grieved even to the death. And then he goes on and says to God, the Father, he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And he says that a couple times uh, in, this, in this chapter. And... Uh, He's confused. He doesn't know why, you know, he knows why it's going on, but there's some struggles that are going on with Jesus. And you got to understand, Jesus knows what your struggles are, trust me. And he is asking God, God, if this can cup, cup can pass from me. And so when we're in a time of confusion, we see about this story here, Jesus does a few things that will help us to overcome the times we get confused. The times when we don't know what to do, the times where there's fog going on, we don't know what to say. 
we can, we can rely on Jesus because he's the model right here, okay? And so Jesus really begins to tell us what is up and what we need to do. And number one, I want you to write this down. We overcome confusion with a devoted mind. Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You and I need to make this determination that we're going to love God with our mind. Not just with our heart, but with our mind. That all of our thoughts need to line up to his will. That we're not going to allow any thought that's not of God to enter in. You've got to make that decision right now, even before you ever get to a place of confusion. You as a believer, I have to say, God, I, I devote my life to you. But more than that, too, is when I have a devoted mind to God, I know that I can trust him. So when confusion comes, I stop and I don't act based on how I feel or what is all this junk that's coming up against me. Why well, I stop and I say, God, it's all about you. I'm all about you. Psalms 32 verse 8 says this, I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. That's a promise of the Lord. And when you have a devoted mind, you realize that, that I don't have to be running here and there to find the answers. I know that God is going to take care of me. I know he is going to counsel me. I know that I can trust him to lead me, right? Because like, like the song we sing, he is never wrong, right? And he will lead perfectly if I allow him to do that in my life. And we have to come to that place where I allow him to say, be the God that he says he's going to be. When we face confusion, we, we have to do something. And that really is to say, God, I devote my mind to you. I give you everything. Because when confusion sets in, guess what we want to do? We want to Google something, right? We want to find somebody else's opinion about the subject. We are going to go on Facebook. Maybe you share it on Facebook so you can find everybody else's opinion on what you're going through. And just fine with that. But get it. It's their opinion. God wants your mind to be devoted to him in everything. We need to run to him. Run directly to him and say, God, I, I don't know what to do, but I know this. I am not going to move. I am not going to speak until I hear from you. I'm going to devote my mind completely to you. I'm going to do that. And so that Psalms uh, 32 verse 8, it says, I will instruct you. I will teach you the way you should go. And I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like the horse or the mule without understanding, whose temper must be curbed with a bit and a bridle, else it will not stay near to you. So he's saying, listen, listen, you need to gain understanding. And that's why we devote our mind completely to him. Because this, this is what's happening, I believe, in the body of Christ, okay? Uh, is that we are confused because of all the world and what it's telling us we should be like. Listen, the world the, out there does not tell us who we should be. God tells us who we should be. God tell us, tells us what we should believe. God tells us how to stand and how to live. And you can't back down from that. Well, Sean, I want to be loving. Well, listen, you are loving by loving and telling the truth and standing up for it, right? See, but in our confusion... 
we are getting emotional because we want people to like us. I want people to like me, so I'm going to do whatever they say and be like them. No, because listen, two years from now, they're going to change. Because why? It always changes. Opinion in this world has always changed. It's always. It goes from good to bad, from good to bad, and it's going to eventually go from good to worse. Right? So stay with somebody who is stable, who is, who is not changing, and that is the Lord. So you've got to commit that my mind, my thoughts are going to be devoted to God. I'm going to love God with all my heart, my soul, my will, and emotions, and my mind. God is Lord of my mind and my thoughts. And no, nobody's going to be able to change that. Nobody's going to be able to change that. That's why in my, my diet of, of receiving things, you receive things all the time, right? We're, we're a media generation. That's why we have to put money into Wi-Fi or we can't do anything around here. Gone are the days it was easier, you know? So you have to, you, you get media all the time. You are flooded with media and you got to watch that because what it's trying to do is trying to it's trying to disciple you into something else and you got to watch what you watch you know you can't allow those things because it wants your devotion it wants your thoughts and so you've got to you got to watch I, I i love news i'm a news junkie i could be in news all the time but i can't watch news all the time i do watch news once in a while to keep up and to pray and to know what's happening, but I will not allow any news channel to tell me what I believe, right? Because it, news is now opinions, and it's the opinions of man. So I can't allow that. I can't allow what the famous actors are doing, right? Amen? Can I have an amen on that one? <laughs> Right? I can't, I can't allow uh, anybody to tell me. I can't allow my neighbor or anybody else to tell me what to believe. I've got to look in the Word, and I've got to look to God, and I have to devote my mind to God and believe what He says. Whether everybody hates it or not, I've got to do that. I've got to believe what the Word of God says. Why? Because if I don't, I'm going to follow a line of death. And there will be no stability in my life. The only stability that you're going to have is with God. Amen? Amen? Confusion isn't stability. So when you are confused, and we're all going to get there one day or another in some ways in our life, confusion is going to try to sit in. Is you got to say, no, I trust God. That he says in Psalms 32, I will instruct you and teach you the way. And look what he says. He says, many are torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. See, when you're confused, you stop, you dedicate your mind to the Lord. That means I'm going to trust him no matter what. And then it says, be glad in the Lord and what? Rejoice. Rejoice. O righteous, and shout for joy, 
all you upright in heaven. So, so things could be falling down around you. You could be going through hell, and, uh, and it seems like all is lost. But if you have a devoted mind, guess what your posture is going to be? I rejoice in you, God, because you have not forgotten me. You said you'll never leave me or forsake me. And you said you will counsel me and you will lead me out of this. And I trust in you. That's you devoting your thoughts. You're not going to speak the thoughts of opinions, but you're going to speak the thoughts of God and you're going to put them in the right place in your life. And you're going to worship because that love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. And you're going to be glad. You're going to be glad because you know what? It's an opportunity when you are confused and you don't know what's going on and you don't have an answer. It's an opportunity for God to speak. And when God speaks, miracles happen. Amen? Amen? When God spoke this world into existence, it was a good thing. And when God speaks in your life and you hear the word of the Lord, that one word from the Lord, it will change your life forever. Amen? It's a time to rejoice when that happens. Amen? So rejoice, devote your mind to the Lord. Number two, the second thing, it leads us into the second thing, because we devote our thoughts to God, we start think, stop thinking the thoughts of anything else, and we think thoughts of faith, knowing God. But then number two is that you need to seek God in your situation. So you start seeking him. James 1, 5, if you lack in, if, you la- if any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to them. Okay, so seeking. It's a lost art, right? We know how to Google, but we don't know how to seek God. We know how to seek opinions, but we don't know how to seek God. We know how to seek from teaching Now listen, and you need to listen closely to this one. Because you can seek teaching that's biblical, but only find what you want, not really what you need. You understand me? I'm not saying you can't go out and listen to other other preachers or pastors or me. And I know you guys listen to me all the time. You should laugh more than that. But anyway, um, (laughs) but what happens is we are led by our flesh and not being led by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit can lead you to teaching. Don't get me wrong, and I want you to understand that. But have you ever thought just about seeking God for God and allowing him to lead you from that place? Instead of looking out to find the answers in other, th- other things and other people. See, James says, if you lack any, in wisdom, ask God. And it's, it's, it's kind of like the understanding that why not? Just ask him and he's going to give it to you. See, Jesus did something in the Garden of Gethsemane that was it's very powerful. And a lot of times we overlook it in verse 39. Said, and going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed. Now, I don't know if you understand what that means. In that, in, in that day and hour that Jesus lived, if you would go to seek the king's advice, Caesar's advice, 
you wouldn't go standing. You would bow your knee. You would throw yourself on the ground. It was an act of humility that's saying, I don't have it. I don't have the answers, but you do. And so, not that Jesus was doing that to Caesars, but he was doing that to God. That in the order to seek God, you have to seek him in humility. That means you lay everything down. You lay yourself down. You lay your ambitions down. You lay your thoughts down. You lay your will down to the Lord. It's called humility. I humble myself. It's not what I want, Jesus said, right? If this cup could pass, it's not what I want, but it's what you want, God. It's your will, okay? So you, in order to seek, you devote your mind, but you start to seek him, not in, God, help me. God, I seek you. You have the answers. You have the wisdom. And I listen to that, and I am under your control. I am under your ability. I am not going to make this happen. I'm not going to try to do anything else. It's not my will, but your will be done. So, so Jesus does this on purpose. And in Philippians 4 or 5, it's kind of a similar idea. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And here's my point. It's important in times of confusion to seek God, but to do it with humility and saying, God, I, I, I'm not my own anymore. I'm yours. I am here. I bow my desire before you. God, what I'm going through right now, I'm confused. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's going on, but not my will, but your will be done. God, I'm, I'm willing, whatever you want of my life, I'm willing to go, go to it and to do it, God. I, I'm not going to say what I, I want you to just want you to do. And a lot of times we try to command God. And a lot of times it's not just his word. Sometimes you just need to come to God and say, as a, as a broken vessel saying, God, it's, it's no longer I that lives, it's you that lives in me. The part of seeking is losing control and to seek everything that he has. And if we model up what Christ did, that's what Christ did. And if we see God in the proper way and, and we see this verse who gives all generously and ungrudgingly, in other words, God's going to lift your head. He's going to look into your eyes and says, I love you, I'm with you, and I'm going to take you to some places. Sometimes in your seeking, you need to repent. Maybe part of the confusion is because of you doing what's wrong or thinking that is wrong. Humble yourself and say, God, it's not my will, but your will be done. And guess what's going to happen? He's going to come and he's going to give his wisdom. Now, let me tell you something. His wisdom may not line up to your wisdom. Number one, that's a good thing because your wisdom and his wisdom is far apart and nowhere compares. My wisdom nowhere compares to his wisdom. But a lot of times I don't like his wisdom. Right? I don't like his wisdom. So if you're confused and someone's rejected you, you want God's wisdom to be get them. You know, get him, God. And uh, what God's going to probably say to you is that, you know, you probably need to go forgive him. What? <laughs> That's a bunch of crap. You know, I'm not going to do that. 
But if you humble yourself, if you truly humble yourself, you're going to receive it just like Jesus did. Not my will, but your will be done. So God's going to bring wisdom to you, and he may bring it through a friend, a believer, who has a word of wisdom for you. He may bring it through other places. He may automatically, I've seen this in my life, change the situation as you prayed. Amen? We all like that one, right? But what if he comes up to you, taps you on the shoulder in a sense, and says, I love you, and I'm with you. Hold my hand, but I'm gonna, you're going to have to walk through this to get to where I'm taking you. Because where I'm taking you is a greater place. But we're going to walk through it together. And you're going to have the peace of God, which I'll talk about here in a minute. And it's going to be good for you. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy for you. But it will be good. See, it wasn't easy for Jesus to walk through. And I'm not saying you will ever have to do what Jesus did because he's already done it for you. But there are some things in life that you have to walk through. Right? It's the only way. And if God would just take it away, then nothing's learned. And probably you will face it again. There are some things in life that God can just take away and, and it's the best thing for you. But there's some things in life... He's going to hold your hand, and he's going to walk through it. And if you're humble, you're going to say, okay, God. And you're going to realize and faith is going to rise up inside of you, and it's going to be like Jesus. Jesus was able to do that. Why? The joy that was set before him. What was the joy? The eternal glory of him being the king of kings and the Lord of lords. See, the thing about it is, whatever God walks you through, he's also going to raise you up. Whatever he walks you through is you're going to go on a different, uh, a different level. And you don't have to worry about it. He will raise you up at the end. But it may not be easy. But if you're not humbling yourself and you're seeking, you're going to say, no way, God. And you're going to take it on your own. And you're going to say that it's God, but it's not. And you're going to be more confused later. And you're going to go back to God. God, why did it work? Because you didn't do what I told you to do. Humble yourself and seek the Lord. And that leads me to my final point, is submit your desires, your wills to God and place your trust in him. Now, the word submit is the most important part of this because none of us like to submit, right? How many of your husbands ever told your wives to submit? That's the wrong thing to do. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just want to see if anybody raised your hand. Anyway. It's not right, right? Right, honey? It's not right. No, it's not right. <laughs> Submit. I remember my, my sister, I have a twin sister. She's uh, six minutes older than I am. And uh, she used to hold that over me until she was 40. And then I got to have the rest of the life. But anyway, um, when she was, we were getting married, she wanted to make sure none, nothing that I said meant to, had the word submit in it. She was doing, and, and it doesn't. I don't usually say submit. I, you know, I talk about, you know, we submit to one another. We, that's important. And, but in marriage, I, I talk about team, and I talk about order, and I talk about those things. 
But the word submit was never in my message until she said me not to do that. <laughs> I changed my message just for her. Anyway, she didn't like that. I think she hasn't forgiven me for that. But anyway, we don't like to submit, and this is the reason, because we want control. We want control. Jesus, the Son of God, had to lose control of his life and give it to God. Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, but yet, but not my will, not what I want, but what you want. We hate to submit to anything. In fact, you never submit when you're in agreement. You're just in agreement. Submission is when I'm not in agreement. And I'm going to tell you something. There's sometimes I'm not in agreement with God. Don't look at me like that because you're like that too, right? I don't like it. I don't want it. I want it to go my way. But that never works. So it's not only, the, you, know, you know, making your mind subject to the Lord where you devote your mind to God and everything and trust Him and that you seek Him humbly, but now you've got to submit because it's the best thing for you. It's the best thing. And when we submit to God, God, I'm not wanting to go through this. God, it's hard what I'm going through right now. And it doesn't mean that God brought the pain or brought the hurt. That could be from outside sources. But we're saying to God, God, I, I submit to your will now. In fact, a lot of times the confusion is our own fault. We did the things, the steps to bring confusion on. And so we need to say, God, I, I need to submit. Hebrews 5, 7 says this, in the days of his flesh, talking about Jesus, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who's able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. God, I submit to you. If your word says it, I submit to it. I don't like it. I may not like it. I'm, my flesh does not want to do it, but I submit to you. And what an amazing blessing that Jesus has received because of that. His submission caused salvation to come to the world. See, when we're trying to fulfill God's will on this earth and not ours, that's submission. And Jesus trusted him and trusted God, and we can trust God. Even though he had to go through some pain, but there was a joy on the other side. So when we're in a place of confusion, devote yourself. Devote your mind. Say, I'm not going to think anything but God's thoughts. I'm not going to think about the opinions of man. I'm going to think about God. I'm not going to think of the opinions of my emotions because they're crazy. I'm going to think God. I'm going to stop what I'm doing. And then I'm going to seek God, and I'm going to humble myself to the Lord. God, I am nothing without you. I need everything that you have. I, it's not about my will. It's about your will, and I'm going to submit to that will. 
and I'm going to submit to what he tells me to do, and I'm going to walk it out. Then I can do Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I love this part. This is a great part. When we devote our thoughts and our minds to God, and we love him with all of our mind, and when we seek him humbly and go before him, and God, I'm nothing without you. I need you. And we start to submit to him. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding can come in our life. And it will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. That means this. You'll get out of the confusion and you'll have this perfect peace. And you know what that peace means? It's shalom. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. But you look out on the outside, everything can be missing and everything can be broken, but you have such peace like nothing's happening. That's why you can go through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. That thousand may fall on your left hand and 10,000 on your right, but nothing will harm you. Why? Because you are devoted, you are seeking, and you are submitted to God. Amen. And everything you do and confusion and your emotions don't have to run wild and lead you, but you can stand strong in the midst of that time and be led by the Lord. And this way, all those voices go away and you listen to the one voice, God's voice, the Holy Spirit. And he may speak to somebody next to you. You may be in your grocery store and someone comes up to you and says something. One word from God can change your life. And it may be Jesus coming to you saying, don't worry, son, don't worry, daughter. I've got this. I've got this. I love you more than you know. And I have, I have your best interests in heart. And here, this is what I want for you. Come walk with me through this. And I promise you that I will lift you up. And you will come out greater than ever, ever you would have ever imagined. I look back on my life and I look back at the stuff that Lisa and I have had to walk through. And I'm so thankful where I'm at. Amen. I'm so thankful for God. I'm so thankful I didn't run. I'm so thankful I didn't hide. I'm so thankful I didn't take my own advice. Amen. I'm so thankful I didn't take some other people's advice. I'm thankful we walked it out with the Lord. I'm thankful for the times God just, whatever he did, snapped his finger or whatever, and life changed immediately. I love those times. Those times are good. I'm thankful for the men and women that have come and given me words, and they were so encouraging and valuable, and I knew they were the Lord. But also, I'm so grateful for Jesus that I even look back on the hard times and think, man, I know I couldn't have done it without God, but it was so much more enjoyable with him. Amen? See, God wants to do something in your life. He wants to bring peace. God wants to come today and bring peace to your situation. I'm praying that right now. And he's going to bring the answer to you. So bow your heads, close your eyes.